Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Today's show is brought to you by Kendra Scott. Kendra Scott has the jewelry that you have been searching for with high style, quality gifts at an affordable price. They even have a great selection of gifts under $100, plus free shipping, free returns, and my favorite, free gift wrapping. Use the code HAPPYHOUR for 20% off your purchase of any full price fashion jewelry at KendraScott.com or mention the code HAPPYHOUR in any Kendra Scott store. That's the code HAPPYHOUR at KendraScott.com for 20% off your purchase, valid until September 1st. Friends, today is episode number 251, and my guest is a longtime friend of the happy hour, Vivian Mabuni. Now, Vivian was on the show what feels like years and years and years and ages ago, and we talk about that in the beginning of the episode. Vivian has a new book that's releasing soon called Open Hands, Willing Heart. And in this new book of hers, she provides an authentic look at what it means to willingly risk saying yes to whatever God asks. And she highlights a practical path to the deeper joy of a yielded life. I read this book and I cannot recommend it enough for you guys. You're going to love the words that Vivian speaks today on the show, but also the one she writes in this new book. Vivian shares her faith about growing up in a culturally Buddhist home and how she began to follow Christ after seeing a friend's transforming faith in life. I love stories of people looking at someone going, there's something different about you. Tell me more about it. She and I talk about the lessons God has for us in the wilderness seasons and in the natural timing in our lives. We talk honestly about the pains that we feel in the midst of circumstances not going as we want, like the death of friends who've died too soon and knowing that God is still the most loving and good in the midst of the difficult times. You're not gonna wanna miss the end of our conversation today as well because Vivian shares with me about a new project that she's releasing soon and I am so excited about it. We also talk about Instagram versus real life. Yes, that's a conversation that I'm still having, that I still need to have, that we all need to have. We talk about the need to have real life friends to be honest and vulnerable with. I'm always talking about that. It's such a passion of mine. Also, we talk about kids graduating high school and leaving your home, something that makes me tear up even thinking about it. But if Vivian can do it, I can do it as well. You're going to love the conversation today. Okay, guys, before we get to the conversation Vivian and I had, I want to ask you if you'll come follow me over on Instagram. Instagram is my favorite social media place to hang out. I'm not on Facebook much. I'm not on Twitter much. I have the Snapchat I sound like an old woman when I say that, but I love Instagram. I love sharing pictures with you guys. I love following people. So come follow me. It's at Jamie Ivy. And when you're listening to the show, I love when you tag the show. It, it helps spread the word, but it's also fun to see real listeners because I record these shows in my tiny house with just me and a guest and then they're edited and it just feels like so alone sometimes. And then when I see you guys listening, I love it. So tag 
Hashtag happy hour, Jamie Ivy. Also, you know, I ask women on this show every time, tell me three things you're loving. Tell me what you're reading. I would love to hear from you. Tell me three things you're loving. Tell me what you love from the show. Tell me what you're reading. If you check out my Instagram highlights, there's directions on how to screenshot and share your own three things that you are loving. All right, you guys, here is my conversation with my sweet friend, Vivian. Hey, Vivian, welcome to the happy hour. Hey, Jamie, great to be here in your recording studio. (laughs) Did you enjoy your ride into my house? A hundred percent. I mean, we forded rivers. There's a flood gauge level. Yes, yes. um, Wildflowers. Aren't the flowers still so beautiful? Yes. I can't remember if they've been this, this long in years past. You know, you forget. I'm like... When do they go away? But they're so beautiful. Or we are having that in Southern California right now. Okay. Because we had rain for the first time in seven years. So That's a true statement? For truths. So there's like these wildflowers, the, the California poppy, the okay. state flower has not bloomed in like 20 years. <laughs> so, But it's blooming now. And then it's like Disneyland. So people couldn't go Taking see them Taking pictures anymore. Yeah. and yeah. Mm-hmm. We do that here with the blue bonnets, which is our state flower. Yes. People will I take their the pictures flowers. Yes. in the blue bonnet. It's the whole thing. Which, are you into the Enneagram? I am. Okay, what number are you? Okay, I'm a reluctant three two wing. Okay, that's it's, a great thing. It's, well, okay. You get stuff done and you're so nice. <laughs> you're like the helper that's making I, things happen. I just want to be every other number. Like, couldn't I just be a seven? Seven seem like they have a great time. But I love being a healthy three. Like, if, if I'm a healthy three, threes are all about elevating other people. And that is incredibly rewarding. So that part I can totally get into, but the dark side of the three is really scary. Well, I think like Suzanne Seville says, anytime you're healthy, you're in a good spot with your number. Mm. So like you're the best at whatever you are when you're healthy. Yeah. You know, like what's the best number? You being healthy. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. good. Well, the reason I ask, because I'm a six. Okay. And so when I think of putting my children, my small children in a field full of blue bonnets, I am very (laughs) confident they're going to get bitten by a snake in the middle of our picture. (laughs) See, you would never think that, would you? No, no. No, my husband would never think that either. It's like, you're framing it. This is going to be perfect. I'm thinking ahead. I'm having an anxiety attack (laughs) because I'm certain we need some venom. Like, what do we do when you get bit by a rattlesnake? We're about to find out. Oh my goodness. It's true. This is the life I live. Do you know where the exits are on every airplane you ever ride on? Every single one. Really? And I I watch the flight attendants a lot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm nervous if they seem like complacent in their job. And I'm like, listen, my life is not in their hands. Obviously it's in the Lord's, you know, <laughs> but still, if this plane goes down, yes. I need you to help me. For sure. For sure. Okay. That's good to know. We talk a lot about Enneagram on the happy hour just because it comes up and everyone's talking about it. But it is so funny because- Whenever I say things out loud that I think out loud, Mm -hmm. especially threes, because my husband's a three. Oh, okay. He always says to me, I've never thought that one time in my entire life. (laughs) Like the things that I think, he's (laughs) never thought in his entire life. Isn't it so interesting? Like people are so uniquely wired and gifted and formed. You know, I've been thinking about the Enneagram a lot as a teacher. Mm. And I don't know if you've gotten this far into thinking about it, but sometimes I start to think... I would imagine I teach a lot from my lens. Oh, right. And my lens comes from a lot of fear. Right. And so the funny thing about my lens, though, is that when you tell me about your journey with cancer, Mm -hmm. I want to know everything. Right. And it will make me fearful. But I will also say, not because you're alive, that you're okay, and I am thankful that you are, but I would be able to say, 
Vivian made it. Mm. Like, so it is encouraging to me as a six to hear people's traumatic events. Right. Isn't that weird? Well, I, again, I would have never thought of that. See? <laughs> and so sometimes I wonder if I teach or I'm like, here's the worst thing that could happen to you guys. Right. But don't worry. Jesus is the answer. Right. Well, you know, now that you say that, I'm kind of thinking back on how I enjoy teaching the most, and that's believing in people, having them go and be all that God's created them to be. So just trust Him and live out of who you are. So yeah, there's definitely... It's, that comes from wow. you. And you're building up people around you. And you, from what I know about you, you love discipleship and you know making more believers of Jesus, which we should all be doing, but that's a big passion of yours. Totally. And I bet you do that really well as a three-wing too. Let me just tell wow. you. Wow, thank you. I will receive that. Take it. We'll there, receive there, that. there it is. Okay. So. okay, so Vivian, I was looking and, oh my gosh, I forgot the number, but you and I chatted in 2015. Uh huh. I was in the fifties. It was, I think it was fifty four, fifty nine, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which now, I mean, we just had by the time we're recording this, two forty four. Wow, isn't that crazy? I love it. Do you remember where we met? We met at If Gathering, and we were doing an If Equip video together, and neither of us had ever done that, and we were thrown in together to talk about all the things. And isn't it was that so crazy. <laughs> yes, I was doing an interview yesterday, and they was it was about it was a leadership podcast, and they asked me who was someone that kind of mentored you or led you well. Mm. And for me, I said Jenny Allen because Jenny and I were friends before she started If. Yeah. And Jenny invited me to do stuff with her before I had a podcast. Wow. Before I was even thinking about writing a book. Wow. And so I look back and I think about even meeting you and all the people I met through that organization. Mm -hmm. And I think Jenny saw something in so many people. Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. She saw something in so many people, myself included, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that I look back and go, I'm thankful for her, mm. for her belief, for her yep. just foreknowledge of seeing things. So Absolutely. I love that that's how we met. Me too. And I think describing her as visionary very is much so. so appropriate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you and Jenny get connected? I watched the first If Gathering from my laptop and loved the content. Totally. You in Southern California? Southern California in my, you know, I think I just watched a bunch of it like on a Sunday afternoon. And loved it. The very first one. The very first one. I think my husband led worship at that one. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Okay. Unfortunately, I skipped the worship. That's okay. Just yeah, yeah, you're fine. Here. I Just think, yeah, 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 it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved it. But then when I looked at the stage and I looked at the audience, I just thought, you know what? If Jenny is serious about reaching an entire generation, then thinking through having a more diverse stage and audience would be to her benefit. So I, we had a mutual friend. So I was like, can you just pass on some feedback to her? And she finally said, why don't you just get on the phone? And so I was like, okay, I don't, I mean, really, I don't, okay. And the phone call turned into a great phone call. I mean, I, to me, and again, you did not know Jenny at all. No. And so what I found most refreshing about that phone call was uh, the lack of defensiveness. Mm-hmm. And I, I think again, it speaks to her leadership. You know, she she definitely had a learner posture, wanted to hear more, wasn't defensive, wasn't minimizing anything. And um, and at the very end of the conversation, she's like, hey, if you're ever in Austin, you know, I'd love to meet you. And I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking, I'm since Southern California, that's not going to happen. And then I got invited to speak in Austin. So I, met, I messaged and said, hey, actually, I'm going to be in Austin. So I got together with her and Lindsay Nobles and brought my friend Charmaine. And we had my very first queso. That's in your very first my, lifetime? In my very first lifetime, my very first queso here in Austin. Um, where was like it? Do you remember? Some restaurant. Charmaine's here. Charmaine, do you remember where y'all ate? Trudy's. 
Trudy's. Trudy's. Okay. It was decent. That's good. Yeah. It wasn't Torchies, but it yeah. was Trudy's. Yeah. And so Queso had never had that magic before. And we just had a great conversation. And that's where we kind of connected. And then she invited me to be on the Racial Reconciliation Roundtable, which is where you and I sat next to each other. And that was a game changer on so many levels, I think, that conversation. For if or for you or for what? Yes, yes, yes. All of and it. Yes. And in fact, one of the women in the audience, Wendy Chen, who is one of the national directors for Cruise City, she was in the audience and she was on the design team for Cruise staff training. So we replicated that at our staff training in 2015, the summer of 2015. Wow. And that was, it uh-huh. shifted something even in our organization. So I really feel like things are changing and I'm hoping for the better. You know, you talk about this topic right here in mm-hmm. your new book. Mm-hmm. You have a book that is coming out this July, Open Hands, Willing Heart. And I was reading some of it uh, yesterday and this morning. And you talk about this, mm-hmm. with this issue of diversity, which is what you had, the, which I'm just sitting here. I did not know about that conversation with you and Jenny. Yeah. And again, go back to the Instagram. I'm like, it's such a, that is such a bold three thing to be like, hey, here's my input. You know, <laughs> just, I'd be like, I'm afraid she's not going to be my friend. You know, <laughs> But I look back and I think, man, it changed the entire direction. Yeah. For what they've done yeah. with that organization. And it's so amazing and a, a joy to be a part of. Well, and I think Latasha Morrison yeah. would be the bridge. I think it really, I think that there were things happening, but that was a launching point for what is now going to be the best thing, biggest thing ever, I think, <sighs> for the good. I'm so excited so, for everything that Tasha's doing. Yes. And, yes. Yes, absolutely. So. Do you get asked sometimes if you work for If Gathering? A little bit. It happens to me all the time. Yeah. Like, well, I refer to if as us and yeah. we. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, it's kind of uh-huh. like, because I kind of think, you know, but I've, <laughs> but it's been so open-handed. Yeah. I think that's what's so beautiful about the whole thing is like incredible women coming and going who are leading in different places and spaces. It's really a very open-handed uh-huh. ministry. I always think it's so funny when people ask me questions about it as if I work there. Right. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't, I just love them. Like, yes. I don't work there, yes. but yes. I support them with everything in me. Totally. Yes, yes, yes. I feel the same way. Okay, so open hands, willing heart. Mm-hmm. Where did this come from? This, honestly, Jamie, for me is probably a life I, I don't know, a life teaching, a life, it probably centers mantra, me. Mantra, mantra, yeah, I just, yeah, yeah I, I just feel like that's a life lesson for me. And I think everything kind of circles back and roots back into this whole idea. And so even the title alone for me is a stopping point to recalibrate. Like, is my heart willing? Are my hands open? Mm. And that is a game changer, I think, in the Christian life. So to be able to have an opportunity to write about what gets in the way and what it looks like and how we live our lives, I, just pure joy. So it's just really a life, it's a life story. It's a life it, Isn't it surprising to hear this conversation coming from you at all? So, you know, like sometimes someone writes something, you're like, oh, I didn't even know this was like something they were passionate about. Mm. As I'm reading this, I'm like, this, this summarizes everything that I think about when I think of you. And that's a really... That's a compliment Mm. to say that this does pour out of you as someone who is building up the body of Christ to say, hey, this is what we need to be. Open hands and willing heart to what God wants for us. Yay. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. 
and no two travelers are exactly alike, and it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Thank Love you. it. Thank you. So I want to ask you a question that if you expounded on the book, I missed it. So okay. just give me that kind of grace right there. I just read the book for the audiobook, so I know what's in you it now. You know what's in I, it, yes. I know now. Yeah. <laughs> did you read the audio for your first book? No. Okay. Brand new experience. Well, I'm glad you did it this was, time. It was exhausting, but I'm ready for this interview now. <laughs> yeah, good. You're ready. You're I'm ready. ready. I'm ready. You mentioned in here growing up in a Buddhist household. Mm-hmm. And you talk about meeting a girl at school. Yes. And you said she had this glow about her and mm-hmm. something was different, mm-hmm. which I read that. And whenever I read people's, whatever I think you're about to tell me, stories of coming to know the Lord in yes. ways like this, it gives me so much hope that it makes me go, 
God, you are just the same thing that you always say you are. That's right. Like you work without us. Yes. Like, the key, like God doesn't need us. He uses us and yeah. we have, you know, we are willing. Yes. But I, when I, what I think I'm about to hear from you of just you coming to know the Lord, it just makes me just, it makes my heart so happy mm. to see that God is in the business of changing people's lives. So yes. how did you become a Christian even? So again, like you said, culturally Buddhist, I grew up in Boulder, Colorado, total granola place. So I feel good here in Austin. Like When you say culturally Buddhist, mm-hmm. yes, just like it is like, maybe I would imagine maybe someone who is Muslim, but they don't really adhere to all of the rules and traditions. Right. Okay. I would say it didn't, it didn't influence my life in any way. Okay. But during certain holidays, we would celebrate, we would burn incense, we would, you know, invite the dead, the spirits of my dead ancestors, kind of like Coco, the movie. Yeah. You know, you know that idea, you know, okay, like yeah. um, presenting for the afterlife. I mean, but there are things that didn't affect my day to day in any way. Yeah. So that would, that's how I would say cultural abuse. I think people are culturally Catholic or sure. Jewish and, you know, like all the different religions. And we might and even, even talk about culturally Christian. Christian. Yes. Honestly, that's yeah. not far fetched. Yep. So for me, it did not affect my life, you know, whatsoever. So, but I always knew that there was a spiritual realm. You know, and growing up in Boulder, I wrote papers on Ouija boards and UFOs and the pyramids of Egypt and, you know, anything that was kind of out there, you know, ESP, like there's just got to be more than the five senses. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I had sat next to my friend in math class and she glowed and I was like, did you become vegetarian? (laughs) Like something's going on. What's going on? And she, she told me, you know, I became a Christian and I was like, honestly, devastated like really you were so smart and funny and how could you how could you uh-huh. you know be duped into believing this Jesus and how do you know the bible where did you have that preconceived notion from about christianity probably media okay and to be honest at the time any of the christians that i knew were going to church and then getting drunk on the weekends yeah. and you know it just was there's a disconnect there's a hypocrisy piece that i just thought you know, what yeah. does this even mean? And t- in my mind, what I knew of Christians were they were very narrow-minded, uh-huh. very arrogant, and honestly had like blind faith. Yeah. So you were like, what, why did you, how'd you get yeah. duped into how this? How could you be duped into yeah. this? And then I watched her life over the course of that year and God was real and intimate. And she talked about a personal relationship with Jesus. So it wasn't just going to church. And so that really started me on my spiritual journey. And um, I came to Christ um, in high school you know, I had attended. I had attended a youth group a few times because of cute like boys. Like with her? No, so okay. different. So it's like God uses different people. So there is actually a chapter in the book about serving without seeing. Uh-huh. And I think that when we get to heaven one day, Jamie, God is going to open it up, and we are going to see how the littlest things made a big impact in the lives of people that is we that have no idea. Is that what you talked about, your sister? Yes. Okay, I loved it. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. So yeah, it's just happening all around us. And so I think even for your listeners, you know, just understanding that us just living out our lives, we are spreading the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. Mm. That is just a natural byproduct of abiding in Jesus. Yeah. Was your family okay with your new beliefs because Buddhism was not in their core? You know, was I, it just like well, you do you, whatever you want? Well, they were definitely open minded. Okay. You know, so yeah. they were open minded, and I think honestly they thought it was just a phase for sure. You know, so it's like you know she's kind of going through her little Jesus phase, uh-huh. and she went through music, yeah. And, yeah. and I honestly, for real, thought that it was just a phase because it wasn't the Christian life wasn't working for me. What do you and mean? So I 
I knew that Christians read Bibles, so I drove myself to the bookstore and bought one and flipped through the pages and tried to read. And it was like all these measurements of this temple and the names of these kings that I can't pronounce and still can't pronounce. And and I just thought, how does this even apply? I just, it's not making any sense. And I I know it's just to pray and I'd fall asleep every time. I just felt frustrated. And for the first time, I knew right from wrong, but I could not sustain living right. And so before I would just lower my standards, you know, but now it's like I had a clear understanding of right and wrong and could not live consistent to that. So that's where I was ready to ditch it all. And my dad ends up informing us right before my senior year of high school that we were going to move after 17 years in Boulder from Boulder, Colorado to Hong Kong. Oh my gosh. I did not get to this part in your story. So in Hong Kong, I mean, this is just so God. I was so mad at him. So I remember sitting on the edge of my bed saying, you know what? I am ticked off, (laughs) but in my heart of hearts, I want to know you. I need a church. I need a youth group. I need Christian friends. And if you do that, I'll give you my whole life. Open hands, willing heart. Otherwise, I'm going to go out and get drunk and Uh do something I'll probably regret. I'm done. I'm done. And he answered my prayers in Hong Kong. And I got plugged into a vibrant youth group and for the first time learned about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And it turned out that there was actually crew staff that were trying to get into China at the time stationed in Hong Kong. So the four spiritual laws and the Holy Spirit booklet was all part of our curriculum in this little church in Hong Kong of all places. So it was like God was just there. And so I started sharing my faith. I started leading a Bible study at my at my school. I mean, it was just—I look back and I think— you just never know. <laughs> that Jesus face did not leave you. No. You're still there. Now, are your parents still alive? They are, and they are not believers yet. Okay. So I've been trusting the Lord for them for decades now. My my husband, Darren, is also the first Christian in his family, but as of today, his entire family knows the Lord. Jeez. Wow. And my nieces are serving with YWAM, with the circuit riders. I mean, it's just been incredible to see an entire family change. And fill in some more blanks for me. You have how many siblings? I have one younger sister. So and the one, when did she become a believer? Because I read about her mm-hmm. praying. Yes. So she. So when I came to Christ in high school, I knew that people needed Jesus. And all I knew was to run down to the basement and go, Claire, you know that empty spot in my heart? It's not a boyfriend I need. It's God. And you need to open your heart and ask Jesus to come in. And that's all I needed to tell her. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. And so I think she said that she tried to do that with whatever she understood. But then when we moved to Hong Kong was when she really dedicated her life to the Lord. So the two of us, you know, went to youth group and did all the things together. And, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, again, I mean, I get, I literally got goosebumps because I love hearing stories like that because it's encouraging to us as Christ followers. Like you said, is we never know who we're sitting next to. Mm-hmm. We never know the seeds that are being planted, you know, about what our life is going to mean to other people. That's right. hundred percent. And I think that that was the difference in the Christian life with a yielded posture, open hands, willing heart, unleashes the Holy Spirit. Like we... We cannot live the Christian life on our own efforts. And so we we need Him to be the power source. And so that comes through wanting to be filled with the Spirit. It also comes with dealing with our sin and coming clean. And it also means surrender. Mm. And so that's really the, the story of this book now, Open Hands, Willing Heart, is all about surrender. The beautiful part two of that is that beauty, growth, life, purpose grows out of that surrendered place. So... I'm 
super excited about being able to share that message. Okay, so I was going to go someplace else, but you're leading me into my next thing that I oh. want to talk about. So I love one these of the things we're, I'm maturing in Christ. Mm-hmm. You write about this under the self reliance section oh. in your book, and you're talking about it right now. Yes, about, you know that we can't do it on our own. You have a Dallas Willard quote that says, "The Christian life is what you do when you realize you can do nothing." Mm. I had to read that like seven times. Yes. And I still am reading it again and just going, I'm going to sit on this for a while. But you talking here about maturing in Christ. And can I read some of your words? Oh, please. You said, you can you can do my taping for my I'll next your book. Yeah, you can be. You. Well, it's interesting too, because you talk about one of the things that kind of puts you off with Christians before you met your friend in math class mm-hmm. was this kind of apathetic, say one thing, act another thing. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking about maturity in Christ and, uh, you know, maturity in Christ. It says this, when I think about my kids in their developmental stages, I realize they initially relied on me to provide for all their needs. Over time, they learned to walk, then run, then drive. The transition from dependence to independence is a natural part of the maturation. Maturation. Audiobook. Thank I learned you. that. You just did this process. <laughs> I can't say unfathomable. Yeah, here we go. But here's the here's the kicker right here. You said, but often in the Christian life we find paradox. The last shall be first, and to gain your life, you must lose it. Maturity in the Christian life actually looks like increased faith and dependence not independence, dependence. Mm -hmm. We begin our relationship with God by faith. We are justified by faith. We are filled and empowered through the Holy Spirit by faith. This is what walking by faith is all about. And then you go on to say, maturity requires three components, dependence, obedience, and time. And I thought, wow, it is the paradox Mm -hmm. because there is no more Mm self-reliance. And that is a hard lesson to learn. Yes. And those components That's why you can have people who are really old, like time, they've had a lot of time as a Christian, have, you know, grown up in church or whatever, but if they don't have dependence and reliance on the Lord and reliance in themselves, it short circuits that growth process. If they aren't obedient and they don't just follow through on what God says, that short circuits the maturing process as well. It really requires all three. And there are a lot of people who are dependent and obedient, but there is a time factor for roots to be taken down into the ground deeply to hold us through the storms. So it's that whole, you know, those all three. When I think about that, especially the dependence part, it makes me think about that scripture in Romans 5 mm-hmm. that says, Paul is talking about how all the, that we are justified by faith and mm-hmm. all these things. And he says, we rejoice in the hope of Christ. But we also, he says, we also rejoice in our sufferings. Yes. Because suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character. Pers- I'm messing Pers- up. Perseverance, perseverance faith, character, hope. And hope, which cannot be put to shame. And it makes me think about that when I think about dependence mm. and how I could get a little emotional because I like never want to ask for suffering. Mm-hmm. But don't you feel like that when you when you walk through the hard, like you have thousands of examples. Some I read in here about depending on God for money, for finances to get yeah. you and your family, and then your journey with cancer. That when we walk through things like that, mm-hmm. do you think that deepens that dependence on Him? Absolutely. And I think, honestly, when I think about here, typically in, in North America, at least in the circles that most of us run, we aren't necessarily dependent on the Lord for our daily bread. Right. Like we know in our minds, okay, it all comes from God. It's His, you know, but for the most part, even when we say there's nothing to eat, there's still food to eat. There's plenty of food to right. eat. Right. Yeah. So, or I have nothing to wear uh-huh. and we're like staring into a closet yeah. full of clothes. Right. So I don't think we experientially have to depend on God, but it's in our suffering 
that those securities are taken away. And I think that that's when we really are challenged. Like, what do we really believe? It's where the rubber meets the road. Mm -hmm. Sadly, it really is through suffering. I think often that our faith becomes tried. We cut, it, it's the um, that dross with the pure gold. Uh -huh. Like the heat is what turns up the dross and then you scoop it off and yeah. then it becomes pure gold. Uh -huh. And I think that there, there's nothing that can replace those kinds of lessons yeah. learned in suffering. And I think also learned in the wilderness. I think that there are certain lessons you can only learn in the wilderness. The wilderness time for me was post-cancer. Okay. Where, not, not during, because uh -huh. it's like it took everything just to show up for the next appointment. But then there's this year and a half of just quiet silence of just wandering in circles, feeling like, okay, I, am I going to die? Am I, I mean, what, what just happened? You know, and kind of sorting through the delayed emotions and that was definitely a wilderness time. But I think also another wilderness time was when I was home with the young kids and everything was done in, in secret. Like nobody knew what I was doing. Oh, yeah, you talk about that in here of those mm -hmm. moments that are just the unseen. Yes. Yes. And I think as a three, now that I understand my Enneagram, uh -huh. like probably for some, it's not as big a deal. But for True. me, it was, you know, it's like nobody knows what I'm doing and I'm trying to be faithful, but nobody knows, you know, so, and I wanted somebody to, and, and, and really being able to be, to embrace that God did know and yeah. he was pleased and that this, these were lessons that I could only learn you know, in these places. Yeah. So I, I feel like there are places that are just natural seasons of life. And then there are just tragedies that happen, things that are caused by us, but also things that happen to us yeah. from others. And they don't show up on anybody's five-year plan. No, no one ever has that. Mm -mm. Cancer, move, death, no, no one's thinking yeah. about that. No. Okay, guys, I know you're loving the show. I want to take a small moment of your time to thank two more of our sponsors. Today's show is also brought to you by stamps.com. I don't really have time to go to the post office, you guys. You know what I mean? We're busy. We have things to do. Sometimes the post office is just not in our regular scheduled life. That is why we need stamps.com. Stamps.com brings all the amazing services of the U.S. Post Office right to your computer. Whether you're like me and you're shipping out merch to your friends or you're a small office sending invoices or even a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Here's how it works. You simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. It's true, guys. I have done this from my computer in my office. I've made shipping labels to send merchandise to friends. Then once your mail is ready, just hand it to your mail carrier or drop it in the mailbox. That is it. With stamps.com, you get five cents off every first class stamp and up to 40% off priority shipping. Right now, our listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in happy hour. That's stamps.com and enter the code happy hour. I also want to thank another sponsor for today's show and that is Third Love. You guys, let me tell you the best news of the year is that buying a bra has never been easier with more than 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. Third Love designs bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. Then, thanks to Third Love's 100% fit guarantee, you can wear it, you can wash it, and you can put that bra to the test for 60 days. And if you don't love it, you can return it and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Thank you, Third Love, for that. 
Recently, I met a listener. She told me that she'd ordered a bra, but she didn't love it. I told her to send it back and try again. Third Love washes it and she donates it to a woman in need. I told her that, just like I tell you guys every time. The listener then reached out to me a few weeks later to share that not only did she return the original bra, but the Third Love team helped her get a new bra and it is hands down the most comfortable bra she owns. The straps don't slip. There's no itchy tag label. All the praise hands in the world for that. And lightweight, super thin memory foam cups are super comfortable. You guys, it really is the perfect bra. People ask me all the time when I meet them at places, hey, it's like they're like, thank you for your show. Thank you for your book. And then they lean in close and whisper, do you really like Third Love? And I'm like, yes. And then I usually show them, I'm wearing one right now. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners, that's you, 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, that's my name, right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash Jamie for 15% off today. Okay, thank you, stamps.com. Thank you, Third Love. Now back to my conversation with Vivian. You know, it makes me wonder, and I would love to just have a conversation about this as well, because I want to be dependent on him Mm-hmm. Even when things are quote unquote good. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But we lose track of that yeah. in North America, like you're saying, because mm-hmm. it's not a, it's, I I am not having to depend on him for certain physical needs. Right. Gosh, maybe even emotional needs. Mm-hmm. I have a healthy marriage. All my kids are still here and they like me most days. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. And so how do we as Christians stay dependent on him? when everything seems awesome. Because Mm. then I think, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, I think that's where the rubber meets the road for that apathetic Christian. I'm gonna talk about that next, but I think that's where like, this is where we're gonna see, it's kind of like the line in the sand. Yeah, for real. Because I do think that we can kind of go into autopilot. For sure. And You and I. Yeah, and seriously, our flesh just likes to feel good because honestly, why not just binge on Netflix like right? and just eat a bunch of Cheetos uh-huh. you know, or whatever yeah. it is, you yeah. know, you pick your, your food of choice. I think we, I don't think we need to look for trials, right? but I think, well, a couple things. I think that I try to be regularly um, in touch with in the times because life ebbs and flows. So right. the longer we're alive, we are exposed to tragedy, uh-huh. you know, in yeah. various forms. That's just inevitable yeah. in a fallen world. But I think that if we can stay in proximity to people who are in those places and we can we can just come alongside, not as a savior mentality, not as the source and the answer, but just to be in contact with realizing this is reality. You know, I mean, I'm living in a place of enjoyment, you know, for a season and the sun's shining down on me and life is all as it should be. Matt Redman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that is a season, but most people that I'm coming across with are either in that season or have just come out of a hard season or are currently in mm-hmm. a hard season. And so I think having relationships, being in proximity with those That's who are good. suffering mm-hmm. kind of keeps me a little bit more grounded. Like yeah. this is not, not to be fearful, not to be fearful that, okay, now that it's good, it's going to get really bad, but just understanding that life is more than just this comfort, comfort place. And that when God like scrambles it up for us, it's actually sifted through his goodness. That's good. That he's still good. And for whatever reason, he has purposes we can't see. Yeah. And having to trust him in with fresh faith. Yeah. You said this, you said the grip of apathy and entitlement gets loosened by challenging our perceptions through proximity, 
humility, and generosity. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what you just said. Oh, I did. You said what you wrote, Oh my goodness. (laughs) I think I really believe some of these things. That's good. (laughs) You should all get the book. There you go. But I think, I mean, even as I'm asking that question out loud, and I'm a verbal processor, Mm -hmm. it's my show, so I get to do whatever I want, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, But even as I'm asking that, because I'm asking it for myself too, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. life feels quote unquote good right now. But I love what you said about that proximity Mm -hmm. because I think that can be a really big danger for Christ followers. When we look around and see that everyone else is in a quote unquote good space, everyone Mm -hmm. looks like us, everyone talks like us, everyone believes, and then we have no idea what's happening. Right, right. It's easy to stay insulated and yeah, only hear what we want to hear. And it's limited. It's so limited. I... I'm a firm believer that the more, if if it's possible to travel outside of the United States, it's just good for the soul. Yeah. Because God is not an American. And Can you say that one more time, please? God is not an American. <laughs> and we said that even in 2015. In I yeah. know. And it's just, it. we forget. Yeah. And we think that heaven is going to be a Hillsong concert. Mm-hmm. And you know what? There are... Hundreds of languages, and God says in Revelation seven nine that it'll be every tongue, tribe, and nation. So if we can get outside of our world and see that the world is more complex, more beautiful, more textured, boy, I think that just expands our mind to understand that God does not fit in a box, and we cannot control Him, though we want to. Like we pray with directives, like God, you need to answer this way now, or else, or else, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I think, you know, for a long time, again, it's kind of goes back to that posture, open hands, willing heart. I've thought that in my mind, this would be his best. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, even even praying during cancer, like what mom wouldn't want to be there for, to witness every milestone. Like, Lord, this is a very noble, you know, prayer request. I'm asking and needing to be in a place of surrender with open hands. Like, okay, Lord, I need to trust. It's like, for I know the plans I have for you really goes back to, for I know. Mm. And if I can go back and trust that God actually knows, and if He knows that it's actually better for me to not be there, it's a hard one to swallow, Mm. but it's where our faith is real, where we live out open hands. Like, okay, Lord, you can take and you can give, and I'm going to keep them open and trust that as I give— it's not going to run out. Mm. I think I think I write this in there too. But like when Jesus fed the 5,000, it wasn't like he just magically made mountains of bread and fish and had a buffet line. Mm. I think we want that. Sometimes we want to see all the money. We want to see the outcome and of how this mess is going to get cleared up. But he just wants us to trust him with each. I mean, I just think of what it felt like to be that next group. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, everyone got fed. Is there going to be any fish and bread for us? Yeah. And it has to keep breaking yeah. and passing. And and in the end, 12 baskets left over. Like 12 right. baskets left over. Mm-hmm. God is abundant and generous. And it, it's no sweat off His brow. Yeah. When you talk about suffering when you were walking through breast cancer, you just mentioned something that I want to ask you. I don't know that I've ever asked you this. How long into your diagnosis, into your journey, do you think it was before you actually said... Whatever happens, God. Ooh. Well, I I would say probably like on like it like genuine honesty, yeah, not genuine like because I'm honest. a good Christian right, girl. Right, right, sure. That's a really good question. 
I think it was probably like toward the end of my, um, toward the end of chemo. Yeah. Because the chemo was the brutal part, yeah. you know, and, and it was long. It was a long process. I think that that's where- Gosh, had, I remember, I just had a memory of your book. Yeah. And you describe chemo like I've never read it before. Yeah. Yeah. Laying on the floor. I mean, yeah. 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 Camping out in the kitchen uh-huh. floor. <laughs> yeah. Just, and I'm, I'm a wimp for pain. So, you know, some people yeah, have still, higher pain yeah. tolerances, but I am not that. And I love- So you think it was towards the end of so, chemo. Yeah. And I think that that's where, well, I mean- Obviously, there's going to be different, it's like sets of waves, Yeah, you know, so there's yeah. the initial like, oh my goodness, you hear the word cancer and For that's sure. already feels like a death sentence, yeah. you know. And even then hearing the doctor saying, well, the prognosis looks good, but I think that it really was probably, I re- actually remember, now that you're bringing this to mind, I remember sitting in my bedroom and I remember processing Jeremiah 29:11 because my, my sister-in-law had given me a print from Hawaii that had that verse in it. And thinking, you know, for I know the plans I have for you, plans for welfare, you know, um, not calamity, that you may have future and a hope. And just thinking, future and a hope, I have always pictured it to be a certain way. Yeah. You know, enough money in the bank for a rainy day and food and family close and, you know, just this kind and of... no cancer. And no cancer and no death. Uh-huh. Like, you know, really. And yeah. I think, I think what... I was struck with at that moment was the first three words are for I know and can I lean on him? So I remember that was definitely a moment in my room at the foot of my bed on the carpet and just saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust that you know. And so whatever that outcome is, I really need to trust that you know what's best for my kids. You know what's best for my husband, my family, everybody, like even my parents who don't know the Lord, like you know what's best. So I am surrendering this to you. Wow. Whatever the outcome. I've never had an experience like that where it was in my mind, life or death, Mm -hmm. like you were facing, but I will probably face it one day. Sure. And I'll remember this conversation. Hmm. So, and I know that there are people listening who this is their reality yeah, or this is a reality of a loved one or this will soon be their reality. And I think it is important to hear people talk through even you saying it wasn't right away, like that actually mm-hmm, blesses me because I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, she's real. Like yeah. that was hard. Yeah. It's hard to be sometimes yeah. open hands with a willing heart because yeah. it's the unknown. And and actually I have a few chapters where it's like embracing no. Yeah. And, he, and like literally it's like I have the two stories in the book that I had the hardest time getting through with the audiobook was the section on my daughter when I forgot her at school. <laughs> just reliving that again uh-huh. it was like oh that was so hard but the hardest part was uh, the book is dedicated to my friend Danielle who passed away from breast cancer and um, she's the very last chapter and she was the same age I was when I was diagnosed with three kids and the Lord chose what he chose and um, I had the opportunity to interview her for this, this chapter she actually got to read what I wrote oh. and then the next day went on oxygen full time and um such a beautiful life. And I, and I still, Jamie, I am still struggling with the outcome because on, from my vantage point for her kids, for her husband, for her community, for the school, the charter school that she founded, everything would make sense for her to still be here. Yeah. And I, I can't wrap my mind around that when God says no. And that no is not an absence of love. It is the biggest faith challenge for me to embrace no and 
understand that that's part of Open Hands, Willing Heart. Yeah. It's like, were you friends with Winter Pitts? I did never know. I never knew her, but... We were friends. And so <sighs> I feel like the same way of just like, it doesn't make sense. Right. It doesn't. Or even I wasn't friends with, but Rachel Held Evans, who just passed away. Yeah. I did not know her, but I know that people are still having those same kind of yeah. questions. Yeah. And it is... Yeah. It's hard. It is really hard to make sense of it. And I don't think that we have the satisfaction of knowing the side of heaven. Yeah. And that takes a tremendous amount of faith it does. to believe that God is still good and that He's still loving, even when the outcomes don't turn out how we think they should. So hard. Yeah. So honestly, I think part of me has turned prayer not so much into suggesting things to God with how I think it should be. Though I think that he does tell us to, to bring, bring to him before, all, yeah. our, all our requests. So I think that we have full access to the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace to help in time of need. So I think we absolutely can bring anything and everything to him, and he delights to hear from us. But I think now in the end, sometimes I just picture the person, I just open my hands, mm. and that's my prayer. It's just, God, what is your will? And, you know, it's... Step 11 in the 12 steps is knowing God's will and the power to carry that out. Like mm. that's really becomes step 11. Yeah. Like, How are you familiar with the 12 steps? Oh, I was a part of um, a codependency 12-step group. Okay. Game changer. My husband was diagnosed with ADHD and I was, you know, he was relieved because it was not a character issue, right. you know, uh-huh. and I was mad. I was like, what? I didn't say, you know, I just thought, just get a better, get a better planner. Like just, you know, like this is, you know, what does this even mean? And so um, the therapist that we met with, he said, you know, a lot of women, typically people who with ADHD will either marry others with ADHD or codependents. And so it's like, you are probably likely codependent. So I would recommend for you to find a codependency group. This is the first time I've ever heard of this. Yes. And so based on the 12 steps at Mariner's Church yeah, and just a game change, a lifeline. And I think, in honestly, in all my years of ministry, the first and possibly the only space that there was that kind of honesty in the room. So I have great respect for AA and the recovery groups that really get honest about real life, Yeah, where I could— go into the room and be angry or sad or I didn't have to con- didn't have to present I could just be who I was yeah. and um boy that was soul shifting we should be like that with church yes we absolutely <laughs> should be and that's kind of you know what I mean the sad part of it I think that that's how God designed the body of Christ mm-hmm. uh, where I think that's this is where the Instagram world is so deceptive because you know sometimes that really cute like picture of, you know, the girl with the brick wall is next to a dumpster. It's just that it was cropped out or this was filtered or, you know, this is staged and the coffee actually, you know, the mug was turned 15 ways totally. to get the right, you know, steam yeah. coming yeah. out. I don't know. So yeah. it's just unfortunate because I think even for young moms, like when I speak at Mops with the young moms, I'm like, you know what? You probably have Cheerios and goldfish smashed into your carpet right now. Just invite your friend over and eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but just connect. Yeah. It does your house doesn't have to be picked up. Uh-huh. Just have the piles of laundry, but you need to connect. And actually that gives permission to other people yeah. to just invite each other into each other's messes. hundred percent. And I think it's like this is a whole nother tangent that you and I could go off on for hours <laughs> of how important it is to have people in your life that are like that you they're your lifeline almost. Mm-hmm. Like that they're the ones that you're just completely honest with. Because there is this social media world sure. where I am 100% for vulnerability and mm-hmm. it's, I love it, authentic. I am that. I, I just, I like to embody that. Yeah. 
I also like to be a really like upbeat, positive person. Mm -hmm. So sometimes my social media will present that. Sure. But let me tell you what my girlfriends, my real friends, they get like the real me. Yes. And I feel safe there. Yes. You know what I mean? And so when you're talking to those moms... I feel like you, they'll be so worried. What are they going to think about me? And mm-hmm. we're like, they, they're the same. We're all going through the same stuff. Yes, and yes. so just the first person to be like, hey. Yeah. You know? I think so. It's just, it's it's good to have those people that you can be completely honest mm-hmm. with. Like just yesterday, a girlfriend texted me. She said, how's your day? Mm-hmm. And I said, it's not very good. And mm-hmm. then we talked about it, you know? And yes. I didn't feel judged. And she sent me a text this morning. I'm praying for you today. Just That's so good. It just feels good to be real. Yeah. I think so. And I think that even for those who are moms, you know, our kids have their own journeys, their own lives, and it's not mine to tell, you know? So yes. there's a definite part of, especially having older kids and and respecting their own story. And so, you know, I, I, I'm trying to be mindful and respectful uh-huh. of their own journey yeah. and their How own story. How old is your youngest? She's 17. Oh my gosh. Do you have one more year? Yes. And then you're an empty nester? Something like that. I could cry for you. Are you cry are you cry are you sad about this? I am mixed. I have mixed feelings and I I think I'm gonna start me, sweating for I you, Vivian. I just seriously. cannot even Well, what I love is that Julia has been able to see the writing and the speaking and, and I think that having I worked twenty eight years in campus ministry, uh-huh. so on the other side, working with welcoming the college you students, love it. Yeah. loving them. But there were these freshmen that had these moms who their whole world was their kids. Right. And so they would not stop texting their their kids in college. And I was just thinking, when your whole world is wrapped in your kids, it doesn't give them the freedom to go fly. Yep. And so I think it's a gift actually to have a life where we are being developed and challenged and encouraged to take risky yeah. faith steps. And I think for her to see that, she knows that I'll be okay. You That's know what good. I mean? Like I think- And you've already sent two off, right? Yeah, two. You've yeah. done this. Well, so my oldest is working and off our Verizon plan. So that's pretty that's, much- that's, that's, <laughs> that's what the goal that's, is. Yeah, that's You're the not, goal. We're not You're paying not, your phone yeah, bill anymore. No more yeah. phone bill. And then my middle son is graduating from college. So it's like, I keep, I heard someone the other day say, and I can't remember, I wish I could- I mean, I've heard this a thousand times. I wish I could give credit to who I most recently heard say it. But they said it's really important for moms to have hobbies and things they do Mm -hmm. and pour their life into things besides their kids or else they leave and they look around and go, I don't even know who I am. Exactly. So you and I, we're good. We don't have to worry about that. But (laughs) when I think of kids graduating Mm -hmm. and leaving me, Mm -hmm. I don't have brain space for it. It's kind of like when I tell my girlfriends that little kids that we don't use babysitters anymore. Right. I'm like, no, I just leave my kids at home. Their minds- There's no category. There's no category for leaving your children at home. And so I feel that's kind of where I am (laughs) is I just have no space in my brain to understand it. But I've heard a lot of moms say- when it happens, you're they're ready, you're ready. Yes, it's a good thing. Yes. I, I think it varies. You know, I mean, because I think each each mom is different. Their uh-huh. experience has been different. Each kid, the number of kids. I yeah. mean, it it's a whole thing. But I, I was just talking actually earlier, you know, I think motherhood is just one long goodbye. You know, so you just... Oh, gosh, Vivian. <laughs> now I'm just going to cry. But you know what? I mean... But that's... I just... Erin and I say all the time, like... Our goal is not raising good kids, it's raising good adults. Like yeah. adults that go off to be their own people and love Jesus yeah. and change the yeah. world. Yeah. 
but it is. It's just kind of, you just kind of watch them farther and farther and higher. I like it. I feel like my listeners are going to be so tired of me talking about a grad, like finally in three years when Caden graduates, if people are still listening to the show, they'll be like, praise the Lord. <laughs> She's done crying oh. about a grad. But I also, man, I like all my kids a whole lot. Yeah. This kid in high school, yes. like we're done with the middle school kind of stuff yeah. with him. And high school, I like really like him. Mm. I like all my kids. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. But we've got middle school hormones still yeah, going on. Totally, I got fifth totally. grade hormones. So let me just tell you. <laughs> I've been there, yes. So that's why it also feels so dramatic for me. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, I just started really like, I want to hang out with this guy. Yeah. Oh, well, I was grieving Jonathan, my oldest, going to college when he was in sixth grade because my <laughs> okay, friend, so, you so I'm with me. you, because okay, my girlfriend had her son going to college and I just couldn't put it there. Yeah. And so literally, I mean, I would on the regular just kind of like break down. Uh, this you is know. my life, Vivian. Yes, Thank yes. you. So I, I will, I'm validating your experience. Thank you. We're going to a graduation tonight. I guarantee I'm going to, I'm going to cry through the entire thing. Oh, yeah. Not for those kids. No, Who cares? No, no. I don't care what they're doing with their life. Yes, exactly. <laughs> for my poor baby sitting next to me. Well, for even for elementary school, when I did not know this, when we started our elementary school, that the sixth graders have the entire school lines, the hallways, and all the sixth graders walk through the line of teachers and kids from all grades, and then they walk out of the front doors of the school forever, right? And I had no idea that the school did that. You were not and prepared for that not moment. Not prepared because my little boy was only in first grade, but I was, I cried more than anyone in that whole, I didn't even know any of these sixth graders or any of the teachers. I was just like, oh, this is going to be one day. Yeah. And then all three of them walked through that thing. And oh, every time. Now, let brutal. me tell you what, I will not shed one tear over leaving elementary school. Like that kind of stuff. <laughs> I am going to throw a party. Like I'm so done with elementary school. Oh my goodness. I am, I'm done. We're on our way out. Well, you know, the, the challenge of elementary school are all the little projects. And oh my gosh. You know, it just, it, it's very, yes. yeah, it's very demanding. Uh-huh. It's, it's very, very demanding. demanding. Yeah. But, and, and the crazy thing is as each kid gets older, it's like, I don't know their worlds anymore. I don't know the teachers. I don't know like what happens between the the hours that they're in school and who these people... So going to back to school night, it's like sitting in these classrooms with these parents that I have no idea who they are. Whereas in elementary school, like we had each other's backs, yeah, you know, uh-huh, we were yeah. on the field trips together or we did whatever. And yeah. now it's like, I have no idea who you I are know. and they don't know who I am. And we'll, we'll try to make a connection here or there, but unless it's a sports team or some other place to connect, I'm like, yeah. I'm lost. I, uh-huh. I don't know who these teachers are. They don't know who I am. And and it's so crazy in high school. Well, I do this thing. I, can, I can't talk about it on Instagram because some of my kids' friends follow me, but I don't think any of my kids' friends listen to my show. <laughs> if they do, they have not made it 52 minutes in. So, <laughs> But I started this probably about five years ago. My daughter's in kindergarten. Yeah. I mean, kindergarten. Oh my gosh. She's graduating fifth grade right now okay. this year. So she, this is the summertime when you're listening to this. So she's already gone. But I started this when she was in pre-K and I got the book, the Dr. Seuss book, All the Places You Will Go, whatever it's called. And so every year, it's a secret, like my kids don't know about it, but every year I give it to all their teachers and have them write in it. (gasps) What a great idea. Yes. And so I just delivered them earlier this week to the teachers. But my point is I'm writing all of this information to my son's teachers, my Caden in ninth grade. And I'm like, I've never even met his teachers. Right. Like, you don't I don't even know who I they are. I know them if they walked into this room. Right. But right. here I am asking them, you know, but, right. but yeah, so I just started that. And Enneagram is- six, I will worry until I get all of them back, but one of them will lose it. <laughs> I'm like, if you lose this, you lose a lot <laughs> yes. of encouraging notes. Yes. Oh my goodness. 
Yeah. So is that fun though? They'll I have that when love they graduate? that idea. That is a great idea. I it's, hope your listeners start doing that yes. too. That is very it's a meaningful. Secret. Like my kids, we'll give it to Caden, and then I'm sure all the other kids right. will know about know. it. But still. And it was fun oh. when I got it out the other day. I'm reading the past ones. And yes. it's just sweet to see people talk about your kids. Yes. And to have that vantage point yeah. of having been with them for those years. Yeah. Oh, we don't even a, know what they do all day. Who but knows? Who knows? <laughs> they Somehow they're learning. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. Uh, okay, Vivian, we can't do this, but I wanted to... There was another thing I wanted to talk to you about, yes. and I'm just going to tell people to make sure they go read this. It's in the Apathy and Entitlement chapter. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it a little bit. But one of the things that you talk about in here is you says, why do so many believers settle for being average Christians instead of embodying all that being a normal Christian entails? Mm. Though all Christians are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, not all Christians are filled and empowered by the Spirit. Average Christians often aren't much different than non-believers in their words and actions. In mm-hmm. fact, many non-believers live with integrity, generosity, and compassion, putting believers to shame by their example. You talk about this and I thought, this is what I think of when I think of you. Mm. As I think of a normal Christian mm-hmm. in all the aspects of the things that we're supposed to be doing with our faith, mm. I think of you. And so you have every right to write this. I'm just letting my listeners know. Like you can say these things because you live this life. Why we talked about this earlier. And so I can't, we can't talk about that much because we're out of time. <laughs> but I couldn't let it go because I thought this was such a valid point that you were making. Mm-hmm. Is that part of living the Christian life is to do exactly what it asks us to do? And why do so many Christians settle for less? Right. What is happening? Well, I think it's and I struggle with this too. So the decision to live open-handed with a willing heart. I think when we clench our fists and our hearts are unyielded, we're trying to control it. And we're just being good. And like we said like many yeah. non-believers have the same values totally. that we do. So your question is like why does it happen? Why do we do that? Like why I, do we do it? How do we awaken if we're doing yes, it? Like yes. how do I go, "Oh my gosh, I'm a weekend warrior Christian." Right, right. I think it's Because like let me I, I keep interrupting yeah, you. No. But when you talk about your friend in mm-hmm. math class, Mhm. You would have thought she's weird, but mm-hmm. she was normal. Yes. She was doing what Christians are supposed to do. Yes, totally. That's the thing that I think I read it and I just went, mm-hmm. okay, well, this will make light bulbs go off in people's heads. Right. What we say is weird is normal. Yes, yes. So hearkening it back to if gathering, I think it was 2017 when I did the chocolate milk yes. on stage, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. All of us, when we put our faith in Christ and enter into eternal life, beginning with the moment we step into life by trusting Him, we are all given that chocolate syrup in our life. But for most Christians, the average Christian, that chocolate has just settled to the bottom. So when you taste the milk, it tastes like regular milk. You look at it, it looks like regular milk. There's no difference. So the stirring up is that choice to be like, I'm willing. I will go where you want me to go. I will do what you want me to do. Say what you want me to say. It's a surrendering of our will and our lives. So Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about- Not conform to the- Yeah, do not be conform to this world, but that surrender posture, a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service uh, act of worship. It's a living sacrifice. So it's like, it can crawl off the altar too. You know what I mean? It's like, it's our lives. And so it's not just one part of our lives, it's our whole life. So this is kind of a a surrender along the lines of my finances, my relationships, my future, my hopes, my dreams, my children, my all of it, my extended family, everything that matters to me is yours, God. 
gosh, you make it seem so easy. <laughs> oh, but you know what I mean? Like it, when you're saying that, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Right. And then this afternoon I'll be clenched fist holding on to something. Right. And so I say that to say, this is a good conversation. This is a good reminder and hopefully for all a, of us. And I hope that that would be a recalibration point. Yeah. Like that's where even just the title, just to remember the title, open hands, willing heart. But the, just, just that alone, I think is a, it can give us a pause uh-huh. to kind of think, okay, am I clenching? And what is behind the clenching? Is it that I don't trust that God is good? Uh. Do I, am I not trusting that He loves me, that I have to take things into my own hands? Do I trust, am I thinking that He's not powerful or that He doesn't have the resources or that it's all up to me to make this happen? So is my heart willing? It doesn't necessarily mean that we have to go off to Thailand and live in a hut or Uh do, you know, but it is willing to go there. Uh And I think sometimes God calls us to stay in the mundane, in the everyday. The unseen. The unseen. And that is part of a willing heart too. So it kind of simplifies it that way. And that keeps the chocolate stirred up, you know, well, and normal. Yeah. Let me just tell you, I am so honored for you to be in my studio. If there is someone that I look up to and respect that really does live life, what she says, it's you. And so mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you for writing these words. Even as I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, God, I do want that. Like mm-hmm. I want to have open hands and I want to have a willing heart. Like it's not that I don't want it. Yeah. You know, it's almost like Paul in Romans 7 when he's like, mm-hmm. I want my flesh. Mm-hmm. I do, I do what I don't want to do. And I just think this can be totally this this dance that we do as believers, mm-hmm. the flesh and the spirit, this fight. And there are some days when we are like, I am killing this. Mm-hmm. Like, I am amazing. And then there are other days that we need that recalibration, like yeah. you said. And so yeah. thank you for your words. Thank you for your ministry. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you welcome. for leading out in so many ways. Oh. Uh, okay, so I always ask yes. three things you're loving and what you're reading. Do you Ooh, have anything for me? Yeah, sure. Oh, I just discovered audiobooks. Oh, good. To, yes. Like to kind of get an idea of like how it works. So I was I listened to my first few audiobooks and I listened to Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng. Uh-huh. Now, I haven't read that one. Yeah. But she had a one before that, right? I think so. I read the one before. Okay, yeah. Yes. So it was, I loved it. Yeah. You know, and I just, yeah, I really enjoyed the story and just, I've been endorsing a lot of books. And so I'm reading a lot of great material, but this one was just for fun. I love it. You know, and uh-huh. so, it was, yeah. so it was totally enjoyable. Um, but there are some great books coming out, I have to say. Yeah. You know, so that, are, <laughs> that I'm endorsing right now and they're just fabulous. So I'm excited about that. Three things that I'm loving. I am loving jumpsuits. Oh, yes. You have one pockets. on right now or is this a yes. dress? It's no, a jumpsuit. It's a jumpsuit. Yes. I'm going to bring this to Rwanda. I'm going next month. And this is like the perfect... Rwanda. You'll have to give me all your tips because I'm going in January. With, <gasps> you are? Uh-huh, Africa New Life. Oh yes. my goodness, I So when wait. you come back, yes. I want you to tell me everything. I will tell you yeah, everything. Yeah. So yeah, yeah this will be my second trip to Rwanda. So oh, it'll be my first. Yes. it's. I can't wait. So okay. yes, I'm loving jumpsuits with pockets. That's a must. Pockets are, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. they're everything. Uh-huh. I am loving, I'm trying to think of the food that I'm loving right now because that's important too, you know? Food's so important. I am. But you're going to have queso today when you leave here. I'm going to Torchies. Which is important. This yes. is an Austin must. Yes, it is. It's a Austin must, must thing. Yeah. So I'll probably just say I'm loving Torchies okay. right now. Love it. That'll be Love a second it. thing. Queso, you know? jumpsuits with pockets. Yes. And um, and I'm loving actually traveling and meeting women all across the country. I know you can relate to this, yeah. but boy, I'm so proud of women. They are remarkable and are doing so much good 
all around the country and all around the world. world I, yeah. I'm just so blown away by that. Oh, oh, and I'm also loving that I'm going to start a podcast. We didn't I even talk about, about that. <laughs> yes. Okay, so well, we can talk about it right now. We can talk about it. When are you starting? What's the name? Tell me all yes. about it. Hopefully by the time this podcast comes out. Okay, so what month are you wanting to start? June. Okay. Ish. June-ish. I love it. Okay. Yeah. You know, the podcast is called Someday Is Now. Uh-huh. It will be a podcast for Asian American women on leadership, ethnic journey, kind of identity. I'm going to have a section on Asian American history. I'm just so excited. I have about 40 women that I have lined up that That's I want amazing. to interview. And I have okay, a- so I have some questions. Yes. Why just for Asian American women? The main reason is that there are, there are very little resources for Asian American women. Hashtag representation matters. And so whether it's Crazy Rich Asians or Sandra O, oh, however it is, I think there's a shift going on. But honestly, there has never been an Asian American woman who's ever taught at Women of Faith or Passion or Catalyst or Main Stage Speaker, never in the history of all these conferences. So to me, it's like someday is now. Yeah. Actually started meeting with groups. And you know, of, I'm not asking that in defense. I'm no. like, just tell me. Yeah. Is, yeah. So I've been starting to meet with groups of Asian American women. And as I've shared my own journey as an Asian American women leader, the feedback I keep getting is that it really is giving language to their experience. So to finally have that validated is such a key portion of it. And so I think for there to be a space specifically for them, my hope is that obviously the the listenership would be everyone. For sure. So that they could learn in a really organic way about Asian culture. I have women that I'd like to interview who are Vietnamese and Hmong, uh, Hmong and Cambodian and Chinese and Korean and Japanese. I mean, there's, and mixed. And I mean, there's just, these stories are so important, but I don't see a space yet where we can really kind of hone in on how our culture affects our leadership, how our, and our relationships and how we view ourselves and how we navigate in uh, different spaces. So I'm really, really I'm excited, so excited for you. Part of it will be Asian American history that often gets erased. I love it. So I'm here for this right now. Awesome. Well, I'm ready. I feel like we finally have all the pieces. It's just, a, it's go time. It's kind of how I feel about Truth's Table. You know the mm-hmm. podcast? Yes. They yes. say it is for African-American women. Yeah. And I have learned so much. By listening. That's just right? kind of being in the back. Yes. Listening. Yes. So I look forward to that with your show as well. Yes. Come I, teach us, Vivian. I'm ready. I'm here teach for Teach the it. world. Teach okay, the world. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> uh, you talk a little bit about your experience. We have no time left, but you talk a little bit about your experience growing up in your book. Yeah. Just that living in that kind of- Two worlds. Two worlds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think your your listeners may understand those that are like uh, missionary kids right. or expats, like third culture kids who don't feel at home either in host country or home country yeah. is often that of, you know, Asian American yeah. experience. Yeah. So living in two worlds. You can teach us all. Can't wait. I was going to ask you this earlier. Do you remember the first place you visited out of the country? Remember how we were talking about how it's good to have your eyes open mm-hmm. that God's not American? Yes. All right. Do you remember the first place you visited where you thought— maybe out of the country, and you thought, look, God's here. Yeah. Well, for sure, Hong, Hong Kong. Kong. You yeah. Know, that kind of goes without saying. I think any time I've actually gotten out yeah. of the United States uh-huh. and met other believers or just walk the streets and seen other textures and smells uh-huh. and tastes, it just helps to broaden my yeah. understanding. Like, okay. And even watching movies, like seeing Black Panther 
and the textures and the colors uh-huh. of Wakanda, uh-huh. which actually reminded me often of Rwanda. You know, it's like the dirt roads yeah, and all uh-huh. of that. It's just like, there's just something so very different yeah. than ha- what it looks like in um, Manila, Philippines. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's uh-huh. just like, there's just that much variety. Yeah. It's so fantastic. I was like 22 years old and I always wish it would have been sooner. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, I think that if it's possible to get your kids out of the U.S., it's just good yeah. for them uh-huh. and for us, but it's good for our souls. Have you seen the new Avengers? Yes. We could talk about it now because it's like, if you haven't seen it by now, well, yeah, at turn this off the point, show. This is the, this is the end. Yeah. Like, fast yeah. forward 30 seconds. Yes. When Black Panther showed up, yes. I started crying. I did too. And let me tell you, Avengers is new for me. I was so confused a lot. These aren't my kind of movies. I don't watch these. I saw Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I slept through Captain Marvel. I've slept through a lot of these movies. Like, I go with my kids yes, to be cool. Because, yes. And I sleep the whole time. <laughs> I cannot even, I don't get it. Yes. But I loved that movie. I bawled like a Baby. I did too. I was I not mean, expecting no. that. I was not expecting it. I cried when Black Panther showed up. Yep. I cried when Captain Marvel, and I didn't know who she was. I know. When she showed up. I know. And they're like, do y'all need some help? And the girls were like, nope, we got it. Yeah, I know. And, and they kind of walked out <laughs> like, the, oh, yes. And no. then when Spider-Man was talking to Iron Man, oh, I didn't I even did. know their relationship. Yes. I had and no clue. <laughs> and I bawled like a baby. I did too. I was like, yeah. And my daughter was sitting next to me in the movie theater too. And the two of us just kept like, you know, Thor. Crying. I mean, yes. every single- I didn't get anything except yeah. it made me cry. That, a, you know, it's a good movie. If you don't even understand. What's happening and you're oh bawling. My yes, it's true. Yes, it's oh. so true. So good. And then oh. I was like thinking of all these like examples that I'm going to use in like uh, preaching from the movie. I'm like, yeah. how long do you have to wait before you can use an example from Avengers and a I sermon? Think you, you can know? do it now. Yes, because yeah. it's, it's, We're it's done. Yes. You should have seen it. Uh, Vivian, thank you. I really appreciate your life, your message. You're sitting in my office. It's been so I fun. Thank it. you for joining me. It's been great to be with you. Support for today's show comes from the Life is Good Ping podcast. Join co-founders of Life is Good, Bert and John Jacobs, as they talk to influential musicians, athletes, business leaders, and everyday people about the role of optimism in their lives. They'll also end each episode with a ping pong charity challenge where the winner gets to donate to their charity of choice. The Life is Good Ping podcast kicks off Thursday, June 13, with the legendary Ringo Starr. Stitcher, Spotify, or iTunes and add some good vibes to your day. Friends, I am so challenged by Vivian's words about living the Christian life instead of settling for less. I hope that we will all be stirred up to surrender our will and to surrender our lives to live fully in the life that we are called to live as followers of Jesus. Daily, can we just pause and ask ourselves, are we living open-handed with a willing heart? I wanna ask myself that. We can all ask ourselves that. Also, Vivian is releasing a podcast. I am such a fan of podcasts. As soon as it releases, I will be telling you all about it. I am so honored that Vivian sat in my studio and I appreciate how lovingly she teaches us all to be just a normal Christian. Guys, you're gonna wanna grab her new book, Open Hands, Willing Heart. It's available now on pre-order with a fun pre-order bonus that's available to you right now. If you buy it now, it'll arrive on your doorstep on July 9th. So guys, go pre-order it. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Aki Slackers and the whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Next week, my guest is Darby Angel. It will be July 3rd and friends, I will be with my man and some of our best friends enjoying all the pasta, pizza, gelato, and wine that we could possibly find in Italy. 
Don't worry about us. We will be just fine as we celebrate our friends' 40th birthday years. But you guys, join us here on the happy hour. Be sure and check out Darby's episode. She has a crazy story about how she began her dinnerware company while on bed rest, pregnant with her oldest daughter. I'm not lying. It really happened that way. All I can tell you is that after you hear her story, you're going to want to grab a legal pad and get to running after the dream that God has put in you. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend. And I will see you all back here next week with my friend Darby. Darby. 